Hey, welcome to Be With The Word. I am Dr. Jerry Crete. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I am here with Mac Barron. And today we are going to be talking about um, being intentional, penitential, and reverential this Advent as we approach addictive or even problematic behaviors in our lives that we might want to change. Um, so before we get going, Be With The Word is a show where we discuss the readings, Sunday readings, from a psychological and personal and family-oriented uh, perspective. And we will provide you with also some takeaways, some action items you can do uh, in your daily life in this Advent season. If you haven't read the Sunday readings yet, uh, feel free to go over to Hear The Word, which is our sister podcast, and there I will gently and in a meditative manner read the Sunday readings to you and then have a meditation. So we hope uh, that you'll join us over there as well. Uh, but today I'd like to say hello to Mac Barron. He's here with me. He is the podcaster with his wife Catherine for Catholic in a Small Town, which I understand is the oldest running Catholic podcast of all time is that right? I think the Vatican actually has his beat by oh, like three okay. or four months, and and it's it's one of those things that we can say it and it's not true at the same time uh, okay. because we've just kept our same title. There are other shows that have had to change that have had to rebrand that have been running longer than ours. The same people have been doing them, but oh, ours okay. I, I I can't I can't actually confirm that. But I don't know of anybody who's been doing this as long with the same show. <laughs> For the last 15 years. Okay, so you're like the Doctor Who of Catholic podcasts. That's what I've been waiting to say. <laughs> well, except that we've actually been the same people. The same people. Oh, right. You don't reincarnate course, into I, a new doctor. Not that I know of. Okay, but, no uh, trends. My wife would be appreciative if I were to <laughs> respawn into a better looking person. Uh, okay, well, tell me about you and your uh, wife and what you guys do. Well, again, my name is Mac Barron, and... Um, I'm a father and a podcaster and a Catholic, and I do some woodworking. Um, I've written a book called Clueless in Galilee, a fresh take on the Gospels, available wherever fine books are sold. Sweet. That's not true. I think you can still get it at Amazon, but you'd <laughs> be lucky to find it anywhere else. Um, and it's it's a collection of funny little essays about what knuckleheads the, uh, the disciples were and uh, how we should cut ourselves some slack when we don't get it. And they were actually hanging around with Jesus. And they didn't get it sometimes. Oh, I love it. Um, I've been married to my lovely wife for almost 21 years now. And so that, that speaks to a great deal of her patience. Right. And right. kindness. Yeah. Uh, and, and uh, you know, what a blessed dude I am. We've been doing our, our podcast for 565 episodes. Wow. Uh, so it's almost 15 years. Yeah. And uh, we are both from South Georgia, just different sides of South Georgia. Right. And we were living in a small town when we started the show. And okay. when we moved to a larger town, we did not want to rebrand. Gotcha. Gotcha. So. Well, Mac, I'm excited to have you here. And your book sounds really interesting. Well, thank you. And, uh, and, and I hope you, your listeners might go check out Catholic in a Small Town. But today we're going to be talking about the Sunday readings. This is the mm -hmm. second Sunday in Advent. And this is our only our fifty sixth episode of Be with the Word, but you're getting there, buddy. Well, I'm getting you there. You hang in there, little camper. It's going to be great. <laughs> and so we want to just kind of connect up a little bit the readings and talk about our title, which is about really being intentional this Advent season and recognizing that Advent is a penitential season, which I don't think most people are aware 
right? Is that it's actually, and I'm an, I go to the Eastern Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so as an Eastern Catholic, we actually have a fast for Advent. I think it's called Philip's Fast. And we actually like, give up things during Advent, which I think is not what I'm used to. That's dumb. Up. I'm an American. That is not <laughs> what we're about during this season. Wait, there's a season before Christmas? That's right. That's nutty. <laughs> that is crazy. Okay, I, I'm going to say something right now that I'm going to sound, I know I'm going to sound like a curmudgeon. All right, so you can you can call me on it, as I know you mm-hmm. will. Um, but in my own neighborhood, which, and I really don't want to be judgmental to anyone, so it's really a beautiful thing that these people are doing. But there's one house in particular that has a giant blow-up Santa Claus, like, Three times, four times the size of me, mm-hmm. next to a giant blow-up reindeer, next mm-hmm. to a giant blow-up penguin. Okay, we're getting next we're, we're to good. A giant we're, we're devolving now. Grinch, and okay. then there's a giant blow-up minion, all in the front yard. And there is a little childlike part of me that thinks that's kind of cool. Is the minion decorated in such a way as to make it Christmassy? Uh, he might is, have it, a, is he wearing a hat? He might have an elf hat. Okay, all right. But I, I can, actually, I better check. I'll check tonight. <laughs> then I will, I will allow it. But there's an evil part of me. We're going to maybe talk about parts uh-huh. a little bit uh-huh. and how we all have parts in our personality and how we manage those. But there is an evil part in me, believe mm-hmm. it or not, right, that wants to, like, you know, sneak in the middle of the night with, like, a big <laughs> knife and stab them. I know that's psychotic, right? But but there is that. And then, of course, there's another part of me that's like, how could you think such a thing, right? And there's kids in that house and everything. But why is it that I have that evil, so to speak, reaction? Um, I think it's because there's something that bothers me about the pure commercialization of Christmas. Right. It is, it's personifying a, a feeling, a, a negative underlying feeling that you have already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it, that is the personification of that feeling. Yeah. What you're seeing happening in your neighbor's yard. Yeah. And you know what? I have this perspective that nobody practices anymore and I don't know what to do about, which is that we actually shouldn't have any lights on or mm-hmm. anything. We could put up our tree and maybe even not turn the lights on yet uh, until Christmas Day. And then there's that whole, you know, maybe I'm from Canada. I don't know if it was more practiced there or European, but there's the 12 days of Christmas. And those are the celebratory days, not before Christmas. Right. Right. right? Um, but I feel like that our society has kind of changed that. So I don't know that I can fight it. No, no, no. You absolutely can't. Um, <laughs> okay, that's not quite true. <laughs> you can fight it. Uh, but it's like holding back the tide. I'm a convert. Uh-huh. Okay, right. And so growing up, I didn't even know that Advent existed. Hmm. Right? Advent wasn't even a thing. It was Christmas season. It started the day after Thanksgiving when you went and got your tree and you started putting up lights and the wooden reindeer and stuff in the front yard. Yeah. Okay, so as one becomes a Catholic, as one does, uh, then you start realizing, oh, this this season of preparation, getting your heart ready for the celebration of our Lord. Right. Um, And so you, you start realizing that, wait a minute, this whole thing that our country does leading not just immediately after Thanksgiving, but immediately after halloween Mm. like on october 29th they start putting out christmas decorations in stores for you to consume right right and so i think that starts eating away at us both on a spiritual level because we're realizing how sort of the the intrinsic um poisonousness of consumerism right mixed in with our our faith telling us no 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 no. this is not this is not the time for celebration right now this is the time for Mm -hmm. 
preparation. But we've yes. got Christmas movies that we're celebrating. We've got, you know, it's fun to, to hang garland and to put up lights. And we want to celebrate with our culture around us. Mm-hmm. But we've got our faith telling us, no, that's not quite the time yet. Save yeah. it, save it, save it. It's and you know what, what else is disappointing to me is that on the day after Christmas, all the lights are off. Mm-hmm. Everybody takes everything down. It's mm-hmm. over. It's like suddenly it's over. Yeah. And I feel like that's really the opposite of how it should be like. We should be having that preparation, that anticipation, and like and last week we were talking about uh, on Beautiful Word, waiting, right? This the importance of waiting and learning to wait, and and, and getting excited about something rather than having instant gratification. And mm-hmm. so this idea that throughout Advent we're waiting, we're waiting, and then we celebrate, and then we can enjoy a period of celebration. Right. It's not that it's over, and now we're on to Valentine's Day. Or but the programming of society has gone against that now. Yeah. So it's not that you can't fight it. We absolutely can. And I think today in today's show, we're going to talk about some things that we can do yes. to fight against that. So yeah, let's do that. Because um, what would it mean to make Advent a little bit more the way it was intended to be by being, hey, intentional? Mm-hmm. Like, What would it mean, what would be some ways that as a family even, right? Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons I was excited to have you on. I mean, you're a family man and you know, you're raising kids and the faith. And how can we really change the way we do Advent, just in ways that will be meaningful. Does anything come up for you? Well, yeah, meaningful and doable. Mm -hmm. Because I think all of us have a tendency to try to go all in. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot that can go wrong with that. There's a human tendency to, as the first time you fail, like, screw it, we're not doing any of this stuff. Right. Um, And then there's also the, the, the fact that we have to, live with people around us you know we have children and we have wives or husbands and and um Mm -hmm. that it has to everyone if not everyone on board on the same page it has to be palatable for Mm -hmm. those around us and it has to be joy-filled right we can't walk around with sad faces going we're not gonna you know we're not gonna put up lights blowing up our neighbors uh christmas decorations (laughs) although although i think i think it would be nice though one morning (laughs) <laughs> for them to wake up to the minion torn apart by the reindeer, the inflatable reindeer. Right. Like a Calvin right? and Hobbes scene. Yes. Yes, I yes. love it. Yeah, with a bloody scene of all the okay. different... Yeah. So aside from sabotaging your neighborhood lights and, and uh, tree uh, or right, right. Front, front yardery, um, small, incremental, doable things that can maintain the joy of the season without us being curmudgeons in our family and making our children hate the fact hate how we treated Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So some of the things that are ones that most Catholics know about would be like having an Advent wreath, right? So the second Sunday of Advent, like lighting that second candle. Mm-hmm. And you could, if you didn't start it already, you could just get a wreath and do the two candles one night and then wait. So every week you're lighting a new candle. And there are Advent little things you can buy where you're turning every day, you're turning. Advent calendars? Calendar, thank you. Yeah, yeah. when I was a kid, they had little chocolates in them, which I don't know, goes mm-hmm. against the whole fasting thing, but at least it, it, it helps lead in. But I'm wondering if there's anything as a family other than those things, right? Uh, maybe in terms of prayer life or um, that, that as a father we, or as a mother, we could in, uh, introduce. Well, a lot of the, whatever uh, specifics that we bring up, like the Advent wreath or an Advent candle, um, a lot of it goes back to the first thing you mentioned, which is intention- intentionality. And by that, we just mean simply putting some extra thought into mm-hmm. what you're doing instead of 
just running out to the store and buying the replacement Christmas lights because the ones from last year somehow don't work or are too tangled up right now. Right. Do something intentional that day with your family. <laughs> and again, with me anyway, I, I keep saying this because I have to, to speak to myself and step on my own toes. I have to work very carefully not to have what I call the eye roll factor mm-hmm. to bring up some key phrase that my children go, ugh, right. again with this. Right. But having the family meal, everybody should be having a family meal anyway. If you're not sitting around the table most nights of the week with your family, then you're doing it wrong, I think. Yeah. Um, despite yeah. being involved in sports, I mean, this is that is that is the foundation of intentionality right there. Mm-hmm. Just doing something as a family every day adding that time to simply say a prayer and light a candle and kids love that especially the youngest child allowing them to light that candle yeah it, they they absolutely love it and they remember that and so it becomes a tradition for them yeah see i i grew up and christmas was always my favorite season like i loved christmas day it seemed like it was always a fairly joyful um you know holiday in my family but we really didn't have religious traditions i mean we had a creche Right, and so we had the crash. I don't know, I don't oh, know what a crash is. Oh, crash! It's the manger scene. Uh, the manger, the with you. you Why don't you call it a manger scene? What's wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know. We always call is it. Is that a, a French thing? I guess. Is that the French thing? Look at this crash! <laughs> no, get the get the donkey out of the crash. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Now I'm feeling oppressed as a Canadian here, <laughs> like a French Canadian. All right. The nobody's nobody's perfect here. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> and, and, and I think the idea of saving, I, I, I brought that in as, as an adult, like with my kids, and took the baby Jesus out and didn't put the baby Jesus in it until Christmas Day, and that was the big right. deal. Right, yeah, that's what we do too. Okay, okay. We put but, him in a drawer somewhere in the house where we will forget that he is. So uh, we have to get in a fight a, about it Christmas Eve to figure out where the baby Jesus is. the baby Jesus. Yeah. It's like, where's Waldo? Where's Waldo? We, we paint him with stripes <laughs> and a little hat. Right. Mm-hmm. So, all right, so... But, but that's just one thing. What's, I, you know, so I like your point about every day doing something intentional. And it can be small. It yeah. can be literally saying an extra prayer by yourself or with others. Right, okay. To wake up first thing in the morning and instead of hit the ground running and making the coffee or getting in the shower, just to sit just for a moment mm-hmm. and to cross yourself yeah. and say, you know, God, help me to make, help prepare my heart for the coming of the Lord. Yeah, so just even that, like bringing that into your own personal prayer life, very specifically, and also in your family prayer time. And that's just another thing. I mean, praying together as a family wasn't something I grew up with. And mm-hmm. I had to learn how to, I mean, it sounds silly, like it sounds obvious, but I had to really learn or think about ways to do that. And I mean, I didn't grow up everybody praying the rosary together every night right. or anything like that. Uh, now I think that's just an amazing thing to do. So I would think if you have, even if it's short, right, more than more than just grace before meals, mm-hmm. some kind of time where everybody sits around and intentionally prays, and purposefully brings in the idea that Advent is uh, is a penitential. We'll talk about what that means, and mm-hmm. is a um, an, a time of waiting and mm-hmm. preparation, so that maybe yourself and your family could all have that spirit, right? Yeah, and, and a lot of this fights against, it, it's the, the autopilot. And, and this should be like a, this should be the way it is for our, every day of our lives. We should be intentional about our faith. That a, a real danger, I think, especially for people who grew up in the faith or people that have been converts for 20 years, like myself, is that we, we do 
we, there is a danger of us slipping into autopilot mode. And autopilot is the opposite of intentionality. Mm. Just think about it. Think about what you're doing. Yeah. Is what you're doing bringing you closer to God? Right. Or is it just coasting? If it's coasting, it's actually farther away. All right. So I need to let go of that spirit is just sort of angry at the world and angry at commercialism <laughs> and my neighbors. Is that bringing you closer to our Lord or bringing right. you farther away, Jerry? Yeah, exactly. And, uh-huh. and really just focus on what, how to be intentional myself mm-hmm. and like be that light kind of thing, be that light in the darkness. I want to talk just a bit about penitential because people don't think of this period as penitential. In fact, everybody's already singing Christmas songs and getting excited. So what would it, what it, first of all, what does it mean? What does penitential mean to you? Well, <laughs> so I grew up, or when I became a Catholic, I saw Advent as like the anti-Lent. I saw them as like mirror oh, images of each other, right? Okay. Um, and there's, I think there's like some beauty and symmetry to that, but mm. it's wrong. <laughs> right. Theologically or whatever, Theologically. wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, one, first of all, kids, if you're New Catholic, uh, it's not the anti-Lent. Um, it is, <laughs> it is, Lent, I love it. It is very much a Lenten season. It yeah. is a season in which it, it, you're not stripping away other things so much as you, you do need to prepare, and one way to prepare yourself for Christ's coming is centering is taking away extraneous things that are distracting you from and you and your family distracting him distracting you from him coming and among those things it's so diabolical is just the crap of the season of the of the societal season of christmas right filling the stores pumping the music in everything's red there are candy canes everywhere and they're just trying to get you to buy and so not buying into that consumerism can be penitential because that is an act of sacrifice in order to draw closer to God. Okay. So now tell me what you think here. I want to try to bring in that psychological dimension and, and that sort of therapist dimension, right? And I'm curious about the idea of penance or, you know, like maybe giving up something, um, you know, letting go of a good, right? Like that might be a good or might be you're not letting go of good you're recognizing that there's something in your life that is a problem you know um it might not be uh it could be an addiction but it might not even be rise to the level of addiction but it's basically not helping you in your life and so and yet i think there's a part of us right that doesn't want to let go of those things of course not yeah because those things bring us comfort we all self-medicate through Mm. Anything you could mention right now right. is a form of self-medication. If you had a hard day, you do not want to read confessions. You know, at the end of the day, you want to turn on Netflix. Right. right. Okay. So, like with that example, right? Because mm-hmm. I know that um, I have a temptation to uh, enjoy uh, movies, and I know you're a movie buff too. Mm-hmm. And what's is there anything? There's nothing wrong intrinsically in, in maybe enjoying a movie or enjoying a a good television program as a way to relax. Mm-hmm. So if you were to let go, like if you were to choose during this season to say, hey, I'm going to let go of something that is normally my way to self-soothe, but I'm going to do it, I'm going to let it go as a sacrifice. What process do you kind of have to do to get there? Well, I kind of, kind of go from a different perspective of instead of me letting go of something as a sacrifice, I will instead try to replace it with something that is deepening my faith. 
Okay. And so I don't really see it as I'm going to give up watching television at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. As so much as, wouldn't it be better for me mm-hmm. to read this yeah. or to simply spend some time in prayer? Mm-hmm. And then I may watch a little bit of the television, but instead of 45 minutes, maybe watch 15 minutes. Oh, I mean, that's an okay. idea, and it doesn't feel like sacrifice, though it is It is an act of penance in as much as it is something I enjoy. Right. It is, you could consider it, I mean, it, come on, this is a first world problem. Uh, it is suffering in, in as much as I wanted to do that thing and I'm denying myself. Right. But I, I try to look at it as not denial, but instead an injection of something that will deepen my faith. Mm. And I like that. There is a danger in going too heavy with that. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of reading St. John of the Cross, for instance, maybe I'll read some Lewis, some C.S. Lewis. Okay. Right, and so it's not it's it's not a dirge constantly. You don't <laughs> right. want to overdo it and over heavy heavyify. That's my word for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, it so so it doesn't have to be super heavy. It can be light and it can deepen your faith at the same time. Hmm. Okay, okay. You know, I'm I'm kind of curious because you know those examples feel very good and and feel very yeah. healthy, but sometimes and and, and I'm, you know sometimes. A problem is a bit bigger than that for mm-hmm. some of our listeners like maybe the problem is overconsumption of alcohol or drug use or or maybe it's not like that maybe it's workaholism or maybe it's you know not just watching Netflix watching you know six hours mm-hmm. non-stop like a binging this kind of thing so if, if the problems a little bigger than that and the need to self-soothe is feels like a compulsion it feels like a necessary thing uh and i don't necessarily expect you to answer this i'm the i'm the, I'm the therapist so i want to but i just want to explore this idea a little bit for once again jerry's calling because... me for advice he's got a patient <laughs> on one phone he's calling me on the other phone Jeez. but but i really think and i'm curious if you you know how you relate to it or if you've seen this but but like if if it's a bigger problem right then than just like choosing to you know, uh, not watch a show, but maybe read a book, right? Mm-hmm. It's a bigger problem and there's something really compulsive about a behavior. Then um, the way I, I think you were right in saying that we want to self-soothe and we want, and it, and it feels very strong, but I'm really curious about why it's so strong and why the need to self-soothe is so strong in some in some cases. And I think it has to do with the fact that um, the self-soothing and the behavior is protective. And behind that protection is hurt, is shame, is pain of some kind. And I, and I, so I just want to bring that up because I, for our listeners especially, because sometimes we need to, rather than medicate, mm-hmm. we might need in some way to attend to that pain. Oh, yeah. And I think we bypass that. And Christmas is a time when we are all in the celebration and we can get into that and then sometimes what happens is everybody leaves or you have a bad moment and all of a sudden you go from a high point down into uh into uh despair perhaps Mm -hmm. because that pain suddenly becomes overwhelming yeah so i don't know if you have thoughts on that i was just i know there's a deep thoughts all of a sudden but yeah well um uh, one of the needs for therapists is that right. I think it's very difficult for people to see to 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 to, to see that in their life. Mm-hmm. 
Whereas it's relatively easy when, when you lay it all out for someone to someone to point out, like, there's your problem. It's hard for us in the midst of it mm-hmm. to maybe to we, we, we know the surface issues. Right. My child constantly says this to me and it pushes my button. I know that. I get that. Mm. But what am I doing that has over the years built up to push my child into that behavior? Mm. It's hard for me to see that. Right. Okay. It may be easier for a therapist to dig that out of me. Right, right. Yeah, that's interesting, especially families. Cause, and, and I'm thinking, you know, you're a father, and, and I know and I'm a father as well. And I think sometimes we're harder on our sons than we want to be at times because there's something in us. We see something in our sons, mm-hmm. and maybe our daughters too, that we don't like about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we can can be less than ourselves with them because we're unconsciously, I guess, working that out. Um, I know that that's happened to me <laughs> lots of times. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And I and I guess the the way that I would approach that would be, um, you know, to be able to try to be intentional still and and thoughtful and noticing like when I am tempted to kind of. Um, criticize or when I'm tempted to um, be harsh that maybe that's a part of me trying to protect some wound that I have and so I'm really curious about this idea of like looking at oneself like looking at a part of me that is maybe having a hard time or maybe struggling or is feels some pain or whatnot and needs my like it sounds weird to say but needs me to notice that and attend to that and and you know what i do think it kind of fits some parts of the readings like in the responsorial psalm i think it's powerful that 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 the psalmist says lord let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation and then it says kindness and truth shall meet justice and peace shall kiss and I know that's just a little blip, but I feel like that's something we have to do for ourselves, right? On some level also, like we can be truthful to parts of ourselves that are struggling, say during the Christmas season, and kind. Those are not opposites, right? So we can take care of ourselves with kindness. And then when we do that and we actually attend to that pain, then we're different with our families. Yeah. We're different with our wife. We're different with our children because that part of ourselves is not struggling so much. And so to me, penitential can have to do with, yeah, an act of penance, an act to say, of so, like expressing sorrow, but that might be more, you might be more capable of doing that when you actually take care of your own pain. Mm-hmm. It's just that something I'm, Know, or your or your act of penance is is not disordered. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're if we think we're doing an act of penance, but we're actually just, um, I mean, take I don't know. It's difficult to come up with a, a decent example, but sometimes if if we're not coming at it from the right angle, then the act of penance can be self destructive mm. because we're not we didn't fix right. the underlying problem to begin with. Right. We just shove it all out of our way and say we can't do this. Or we bite mm. at someone when they offer that thing. I, I don't... 
No, I think you're right. Because I think that what can happen if we just say, oh, I have to be penit pe penitent, mm -hmm. uh, penitent, then we get, we don't take care of our own self, really. Mm -hmm. We just, maybe there's a part that just comes in kind of harsh mm -hmm. and is strict. And it's like, okay, I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to stop doing that. And I'm going to, you know what? And that will probably crack. Or we use it as an excuse to not attend mm. to our responsibilities and our primary vocations. Mm. So, like, if I say, you know, God wants me to pray for three hours in my closet, it's hard for me to be a good father and husband. Mm. If I'm saying, no, 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 I have to do this as a penitent act, then mm. I'm denying my primary vocation, which is to be present to my wife and children. Right. Okay. Okay. And so I'm suggesting that we spend some time intentionally, and you know, and, and penitentiary in prayer to look at parts of ourselves that are struggling mm -hmm. and attend to them um, take some time noticing them and um, as a way of preparing oneself to actually um, you know do acts of penitence but also then acts of joy and so on in Advent and Christmas season right so at the time people are listening to this mm -hmm. we've just had the first Sunday of Advent right right um, if you haven't done so already, you've got your Advent wreath. Right. Set it out on the table. Right. Maybe you missed the first Sunday in the first couple of days. Now it's the middle of the week. Maybe it's later in the week. You're going to start this with your kids. You're just going to bring them in. You're going to let that youngest child like the candle, you know. You're mm -hmm. going to say a special prayer, all right. Maybe you're going to pray just a little more by yourself that morning or that evening right. um, as an intentional way and, and as an act of penance, right, to prepare yourself. What's our third Reverential? Reverential, that's right. Well, those things that I've just said are, are in fact, reverential, right? Mm. Maybe it's to, what one thing that we always need to work on, my family, um, uh, Jerry, you don't have little ones anymore, and I'm growing out of the place where I have little ones, but getting to church on time mm. is sometimes very difficult. That's right. And the, the later you are, uh, <laughs> there's a, what do, you, what do you call it when it's disproportionate or there's a counter proportionality to the later that you are, the less reverent you feel as you uh, enter the sanctuary. You right. know what I mean? Because you're just like... Get, you haven't really prepared for it. You why are you sitting in the car? We are late for <laughs> just get out. Why do you not have shoes on? Right. And, uh, and you go in there, it's very hard to be reverential right. for the Holy Liturgy yeah. when you are you know, chasing your family mm. and when you're, you're upset with them. And so I want to challenge the folks that have that same issue to take a moment outside the door, no matter how late you are, right? to say to your family, I love you. Let's, let's just take a second before we mm -hmm. go in and take your time. I love that. Nobody else cares except God right yeah. now, okay? Yeah. I really love that. And, you know, I, I like that because the way I would look at it with parts— you know, parts of our personality, that there would be a part that gets very angry and uptight and wants to do everything right and mm -hmm. be on time, and that part becomes very dominant in those moments. I love the way you described it, where you where think you're running late and everything, and when that part is dominant, where it's just, and now it's filled with anger and resentment and frustration, yeah, you can't really enter into a spirit of holiness yeah. at all. Yeah, and the, to push away that, that instinct in us, the what will other people think? instinct mm -hmm. especially when you go to a group function like mass you right, know right. where you you it is fitting and proper to be aware of how your family may be distracting others a absolutely but don't 
let's let's just for the sake of reverence and for the sake of this being a wholesome thing for your family and a thing in your children they're going to remember how you how how impatient in your harsh words right. they're going to remember that a lot more than they will you laughing with them later on in the day mm-hmm. so think about how much money they're going to have to spend on therapy because the way you act <laughs> right before mass right yeah no i think that's really important i love that you, you brought that up um and that really is about getting into uh putting a lot of things in perspective yeah that's and, a great point yeah and and really um being mindful of what's going on with with ourselves because it's like we it's a forest versus a trees kind of thing like we think we're doing all this this important stuff around Christmas and the seasons and we're getting everything right and we're having to be in mass and we're having to the, the tree up and we're having to like buy presents we're having to do all this stuff and we end up like driving ourselves crazy mm-hmm. and we lose compl- we lose touch with the whole point right this whole point of this season is to grow closer to Christ right and to, to be awaiting him and, and we get lost in that so I love it and that actually kind of ties to the readings because in the, in the readings, they're talking about, you know, um, St. Paul's talking about, he says, conduct yourselves in holiness and devotion, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God. Mm-hmm. And so are we doing that in a flurry of bus- busyness right. and resentment and anger and, and uh, intolerance to everybody around us that we actually suck the life out of <laughs> everyone and ourselves? <laughs> well, and it, this is almost too big of a topic maybe for another show but one of the things my wife and i have tried to do the last couple of years is we have we have like a pre-advent time of of detailed preparation Mm -hmm. in which we try to look down the barrel of advent and we try to do this Mm mid-october look down the barrel of the parties that we need to go to and we try to Mm -hmm. for instance buy all the canned goods that we need for the season and it's a big investment and to try to figure out so there are no big surprises and slip-ups where we're driving ourselves crazy Mm. and so you actually get so by the time thanksgiving rolls around ideally this never works out ideally but ideally you've got 90 percent of all shopping done you don't need wrapping paper anymore you don't need Mm. tape you don't need an extra pair of scissors you don't need you know uh pumpkin puree you've got all that stuff you've Mm. got it already so that you can actually devote yourself to well to devotion during this time instead of consumerism i love it and the gospel says prepare the way of the lord make straight his paths and that sounds like a really practical way for a family to do that mm-hmm. is to get ready in this season so that at, Christ, at the time of christmas you can really breathe and just enjoy and let it be a a, a season mm-hmm. of uh where everyone including mom including dad can really relax and uh and, and pray. The, the, the more relaxed and prayerful you are the more relaxed and prayerful you, your children will be mm-hmm. because exactly. they're gonna they're gonna pick up on all that they yeah. they read that yeah right? no i love it well we're gonna have to wrap up back i really enjoyed having you on the show jerry it was great and i can't tell you how impressed i am here with um with the be with the word plaza the receptionist downstairs she let me up here with only three (laughs) forms of identification there we go and after eight escalators and what felt like 15 minutes on the elevator here we are in the studio and now i've got to make my way back out that's right that's right well uh it's a pleasure to have you you bring a certain dynamism that i really enjoy and uh so I, i like that but not just the dynamism i really think you bring some real life practical 
you know, um, way to look at it and how to improve family life and how to improve prayer life. So I'd love to have you on again sometime. Thank uh, you. I, listen, I'm on Honestly, I'm, I joke a lot, but I'm honored to be here. I'm a big fan of the show, and uh, I like what you do, man. Well, and I hope if you want to hear more of Mac and his wife, Catherine, I hope you'll go over to Catholic in a small town. Is there a website, or is it just called that? You can go to MacandCatherine.com. You can go to CatholicInASmallTown.com. You can get our show wherever you get podcasts, whether it's Spotify or um, is Apple Podcasts still a thing? Do they still do Apple that? Podcasts. Yeah, yeah, we're on Apple Podcasts. Oh, cool. Um, <laughs> I use like Overcast, I think. Anywhere yeah. you get it, just look for us. Catholic in a Small Town. Great, great. All right, and thank you for joining us. We I uh, hope that you will join us again next time. I hope that you will also come on over to our website, soulsandhearts.com. And if you haven't already signed up to get our weekly updates, because if you get the weekly updates, you'll find out about our blogs. And we bring in Catholic therapists and, and uh, other Catholics from around the country uh, you know, to, to just provide helpful resources, helpful information for family life, for living good, having good, healthy mental health. Um, and we also have uh, other podcasts. Dr. Peter also has a coronavirus crisis, Carpe Diem podcast. Uh, and we have uh, communities as well that you can join and courses. So Souls and Hearts is a, we're, we're building it, we're still building it, but it's meant to be a resource for Catholic individuals and families, uh, your one-stop place for mental health uh, help. All right, well, uh, and if you would, if you would subscribe and share and let everybody know about uh, Be With The Word, Hear The Word, and Souls and Hearts, we would love that. So until next time, be still. Be loved. Believe. Believe. And be loved. Until then, take good care.